Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. And Scott, as always, we've got uh, more guests than we have time to, to kind of noodle around and talk to each other. So I'm just going to let you say hi and move on. Hi, Frank. <laughs> Jim Overbeck, Senior Vice President of Marketing uh, for Fortinet, is here to talk about the Fortinet Championship coming up uh, at uh, the Silverado Resort. Will Robbins from Will Robbins Golf. Uh, he wrote an article, 11 Ways to Suck Less at Golf Without Changing Your Golf Swing. I found that fascinating. He'll be with us. Brandon Bowling, PGA Director of Golf at Plumas Pines Golf Course, uh, will tell us reasons to go up to Gray Eagle and uh, learn to relax a little bit. So we've got a lot for you on this edition of the Golf To Go Radio Hour. It's the Golf To Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. You are listening to the Golf To Go Radio Hour right here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Scott Marsh and Frank LaRosa here welcoming in Mr. Jim Overbeck. He is the Senior Vice President uh, for Marketing for Fortinet. And uh, if you'll remember, Fortinet is the company that kind of rescued the uh, PGA Tour stop uh, at Silverado in Napa about three years ago. And... Uh, um, put on a, a pretty good tournament with, with very little lead time. The Fortinet uh, Championship comes back to Silverado Resort and Spa September 11th through the 17th. And so we welcome in Jim to talk about that tournament. Hi, Jim. How are you? Welcome to the show. Doing great, Frank. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, uh, for, for those that, that don't know about Fortinet, why don't you give us kind of a brief description of, of what your company is or who your company is and 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 why you chose to kind of get involved in the last minute and, and as I mentioned, rescue this tournament uh, for Northern California. Yeah, so uh, Fortinet's a leading cybersecurity company. Uh, we we have about 600,000 customers globally. Uh, we're pretty big. We ship about 50% of the world's firewalls, but a lot of people just didn't know the name. It wasn't really much of a household name. So I think that's where the, the PGA Tour and becoming a title sponsor really helped us catapult the name uh, into the more mainstream. Uh, a lot of people said, what is a Fortinet? So now they know what a Fortinet is. It's a it's a <laughs> cybersecurity company based out of Silicon Valley. And, uh, you know, Napa was a great location because it's only about 80 miles north of our headquarters. So a lot of our employees get to go up there and enjoy the uh, the festivities as well. And so it's worked out really well for the company. We were able to get a lot of brand uh, recognition, but also uh, we bring a lot of customers out there as well. So it's worked out to be a, a great combination. You know, I don't want to uh, take the subject off uh, the Fortinet Championship at Silverado, but but just briefly, uh, just since that uh, that initial foray into the world of golf, you've you've kind of jumped in with both feet. You're you're kind of uh, making a, a huge mark in in the world of golf. Yeah, we we've invested in golf in I think five different continents. We have the Fortinet Championship in Australia. We're the official cybersecurity partner of the DP World Tour. Uh, we have the Fortinet Cup Championship, which is in Canada. Uh, and so actually the winner of the Fortinet Cup Championship this year will play the following weekend out in Napa. They'll earn their first tour spot. Um, we have a few brand ambassadors, both on the PGA and LPGA side as well. Uh, so we have uh, we have a lot going on. We, we also uh, have our big truck, uh, Ford Express, that we take around to 18 tour stops on the PGA Tour and you know introduce our technology to customers in the morning and then uh, spend time with them in the suite in the afternoon and watch golf. So uh, we have a lot going on in the game of golf, but it's really been a, a great combination for us. 
you mentioned uh, brand ambassadors. So Max Homa, you got a pretty good one there. He's he's won this tournament two years in a row. And uh, at a press conference during media day, he, he has his sights set on number three. Yeah, you know, Max, we got him right at the right time. He was on his way up. I think he was official world golf ranking 34 when we signed him. And he just finished you know, in the top 10 in the FedEx Cup rankings for the for the season on the Tour Championship last week. Uh, and he's won our event twice. And, you know, last year in improbable fashion, chipping in and uh, and then uh, having a little help with someone with a little putting trouble on the last hole. But uh, he's been great. You know, he really he really fits our, our image. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a hard worker. He's very uh, humble. Um, just, just a really good all-around person, and we're happy to have him uh, wear our logo on his left sleeve. You know, golf is is gaining popularity at a rate that's unprecedented, and and never really, um, we've we've not seen this this kind of uh, love for the game, and and people that that even don't play are are interested in the game at this point. So when you when you talk to folks that are that are contemplating maybe coming out to the tournament for the first time if you watch golf on television it it sort of seems uh, pretty laid back and you know uh, pretty quiet and so on and so forth the fortnite championship is is uh, is often referred to as the most fun stop on the PGA tour uh, tell us tell us what you have going that that makes it that way yeah, you know, golf really has changed. I think it, it used to really be uh, about people just going and following their favorite player. And while there's certainly a lot of people that do that, I think I think they realized they had to spice it up a little bit, and add some additional elements. So it's it's the overall experience. People really like the elevated tickets now, um, whether that includes you know food and beverage, whether it's you know better viewing areas. Um, and we we've built an amazing fan zone. I think people really see a big difference this year when they come in. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of different it's Napa, so we'll have a lot of different wines there. We've got different uh, vendors. Um, there's there's a lot that's going to be going on when they come into the entrance. And then also we have live music as well. So, you know, I know my wife's not a huge golf fan necessarily, but she loves to go to the tournament because there's so much other stuff for her to do and enjoy. And, and she'll watch, you know, some of the golf, but there's just other things for people to do. And it's become more of a family affair as well. And so, and with Friday night, we have a live concert. Anybody who has a ticket to golf can go to the concert on Friday night and we have uh, Judah and the, and the Lion, and we also have uh, Brothers Osborne on Friday night, and then Saturday we have um, we have live opening uh, along with Stone Temple Pilots. So anybody likes you know '90s rock, they'll, they'll love Saturday night's concert. So you get you get the golf, you get the enjoyment, and you get the wine and the food and all the great things that Napa has to offer, and then you also get the the music as well. So it's a it's it's been more than just you know the old GA ticket and follow your golfer uh, experience. It's really uh, offers a lot. Scott, I know you and I are planning on on being down there this year. What's what's uh, the most uh, enjoyable part of the tournament to you? Yeah, we'll definitely be there. There's lots of things that are enjoyable, Jim. You've done a great job in, in really stepping this tour tournament up to the next level. You know, for me personally, because I'm so engrossed in the game, as most of our fans who listen to our program is, I'm just so excited about what the potential lineup's going to be. We know Max Home is going to be there. Justin Thomas is signed. He just got named to the Ryder Cup. There's been a lot of talk in the golf world about whether he should be on the team or not. This will be his last tune-up before he heads over to Rome. Uh, Webb Simpson's announced he's playing again. Kevin Kisner, Joel Damon, who everybody fell in love with from the Netflix series. And I know that the names are going to continue as we get closer to the tournament. This is going to be a pretty star-studded event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we get Sahith Thagala uh, joining. And I think they have up until Friday, September 8th at 8 o'clock. That's when the cutoff is for them to register. And we keep seeing good names coming in every day. So we're excited about the field we're going to have this year. 
Yeah, and just the fact that it's really the only PGA event in the month of September. It's the last tune-up before the Ryder Cup, which to me is the most exciting event in golf. Just gives it a little extra cachet this time around. You know, um, one of the things that uh, you were you were talking about, uh, uh, Fan Village and entrance and so on and so forth, you've kind of revamped uh the footprint this year and uh there will actually be parking on the grounds and a, a brand new entrance and a fan village and uh even before anybody gets to see any golf there's going to be lots of experiences and lots of enjoyment uh just just getting in this year yeah i'm i'm very excited about that you know if you i go to a lot of golf tournaments because you know we, we have that that uh drive tour i was talking about but you know, it's very hard to park anywhere near a lot of these tournaments. You have to park remote lots, shuttle in. We used to do that out there as well, but we're going to utilize the South course uh, because Silverado has, you know, the North course is the PGA championship course and they have the South course. So we're going to park a lot of cars there and people can park and walk right in. And then we actually rerouted the holes as well. So we, it's, it's a whole new numbering system on the holes. And so when you come in uh, from the main entrance, you're within about 600 yards of, of the finishing four or five holes uh, it's going to be a great way to see the, the tournament at the end uh, of each day as well. I think it's going to be exciting. You're going to basically come in to the back of the 15th green now, which used to be nine. You come to the back of the 15th. If you go to the right, you got 15 and 14. If you go to the left, you have 16, 17, and 18. Um, people will remember the, the the iconic water hole, which was 11. That's now 17. So that's going to be a great finish to see them come down and, and hit that par three and then come back on a par five. We'll see a lot of movement, I think, on those two holes. Uh, it's going to be exciting. That 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 green on on um, now seventeen old eleven really moves. You can you can get a lot of a lot of movement on that putt. Yeah, that that uh, and with the water in front and the bunkering uh, as a you know, close to finishing hole, that that's that's certainly a, a spot where a tournament can be can be made or lost. Um, one of the things that's really exciting to me about about golf and golf tournaments and golf in general golf is is i don't know if there's another sport that uh that has more money involved in charity uh donating money to charity and and certainly i know that the charity aspect of this tournament is is very important to you and to fortinet um and and most of your charity dollars remain right there in the community what do you think that means to the napa community to have to have you there as a sponsor to have the tournament and and to have those dollars in their community. You know, that's, that's the really neat part about this, you know, and, and, and it was the part when we signed up, I didn't really see it coming uh, because we were so excited to have a tournament, but the fact that everything we can generate goes to the charities. And to your point, we try to keep it local in the community. Um, a, a big, one of my kind of proudest days is when we have media day and I get to go out the, to Napa. We just had it about a month and a half ago. We have media day. And we get to hand out the big foam checks to all the charities. It's you know you get to sit there and hand it out, but you get to hear the stories and you see in their in their in their faces the thanks. You know and they're they're very appreciative of of what we're able to try to do out there. And and each year we're trying to generate more and more. I think this year will be a really good year for us. You know it took us a couple of years to figure everything out, uh, but now that we have our feet underneath us. I think we'll see a a, a big impact this year. And and I keep telling you know the, these these charities and they're great people. And I just keep saying I, I just hope if we do our job we we can put a bigger number on that check the next year. And so they're, they're excited about it. They help support everything we do. Uh, but yeah, we, we really try to support some of the STEM education programs in that area. Uh, we try to support the veterans programs. We try to support uh, the promotion of, of women in technology as well. So there's different areas that we try to promote out there. And, and there's some great charities in that area that are 
definitely uh, worthy of of the uh, investment. Over the course of of the three years, it's been really fun to watch the crowd grow during media day. Uh, it, it was pretty small that first year, yeah. and uh, that that room was packed this year. And as you mentioned, all of the charities were there with the with the with the huge checks, and that was that was really exciting to see. But but you you mentioned the looks on their faces. What what I noticed is. You know, a, a charity can can sort of you know, come in, get their check, and and kind of move on. Uh, the, the people that were involved there um, seemed to to really feel a part of the whole thing. They felt a part of not only the Napa community, but certainly a part of the Fortinet Championship. And I, I just thought the way you know you um, kind of greeted them and 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 made them feel a part of this whole thing uh, as 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 the reason in many uh, many cases for the whole thing it, it, that really kind of warmed my heart watching all that happen yeah we formed a bond i mean the first year i didn't really know them, but I, you know it took some time really to try to get to know them so now when i see them you know i can, I can call them by their first name you know and that and that means a lot you know and and, and you know some of the backstories too and there's some interesting stories there of, of, of where this you know where the money's going and, it, and it's 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 something that i get to represent the company we have about fourteen thousand people, and it's such an honor for me to be able to represent the company and to be able to, you know, on behalf of Fortinet, uh, make sure that we're giving that money to the right places. And then these people are, as you said, they, you can see it on their faces. There, there's, there's definitely a bond there. One of the things that's really, uh, again, different about uh, about your company and about the tournament, while all of this is going on, you hold um, an event called the Fortinet uh, Security Summit. Which which has some some incredible effect on the tournament and the charity as well. Why don't you explain that, Jim? Yeah, so we we love the tournament, but you know, golf and the branding itself is great. But really, you know, from a from a financial perspective, we decided early on we knew we were going to throw a big uh, conference essentially the same week and use Napa, use the food, the wine, the music, the entertainment, and the PGA golf as a bit of a backdrop for bringing these customers out and them saying, well, you know, I get to go out. And it's the technology executives are really going for the top companies out there with their CIO, their CTO, their CISO. And so we have a, we have over 400 people that will be coming out this year. Um, and, and it represents a, a, an enormous amount of business for us. And they come out and we, we put on a, a really good uh, event for them where the first day there's a welcome ceremony. And then the second day they have a full day symposium, speaker symposium. We have great speakers like, you know, General James Clapper and we have, uh, uh, Scott McNeely and all sorts of just, you know, visionaries in, in, in tech and just in, 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 you know, global security, you know, and so they get to learn a lot. We really don't talk about Fortinet, quite frankly, during the symposium. It's not a commercial for us. And so they come out, but they get to spend time with our executives. We spend time with our partners. We have a vendor expo. So we'll have like, you know, AWS and Google and WWT and Intel and Comcast and all those folks out there. So we've got about 30 of our partners. We've got a 400 customers and then our executives. So we have a lot of business meetings that week. And it's just, you know, what, what a better setting. Like, you know, why don't you come out and join us in Napa? And, you know, when you're not in a business, you're not sitting in the symposium, you can go over and play golf or watch golf or go to a winery or go to a nice dinner. So it, you don't have to twist their arm too hard to get them to come. And we even added last year was a really popular thing. We added a plus one program so they could bring their spouse or partner as well. And they get to plug into all the programming with the exception of the symposium. Obviously, the partner doesn't want to sit and listen to a, a speaking symposium. So that day they get to go to downtown Napa, they go to First Street Napa, go shopping, or they go to a winery or whatever. So they have a good time as well. Everybody, it seems like everybody's winning. No one seems to be losing in this uh, in this equation. 
I like the line. Why don't you come out and join us in Napa? And uh, that's that's probably the line we we can deliver to our listeners. How do they do it, Jim? How do they how do they get tickets? How do they get involved in the tournament? Yeah, uh, definitely tickets are for sale. We're we're excited. We have we have a, a good presale going right now. It looks like we're gonna have a big year. Um, they can go to FordNetChampionship.com and uh, they can secure tickets there. Um, but it's you know we have we have passes on. Uh, Thursday and Sunday, uh, we do not have the live music. Friday and Saturday, you have the ticket for the for the golf and the live music. Uh, I believe I don't want to misspeak, but I'm pretty sure kids 15 and under, are, are, I believe, are free with a paid ticket. So I believe a family of four, you can go out and get, a, I believe, uh, maybe like a Thursday ticket or Sunday ticket. I think they're around 45 bucks each. So for 90 bucks, you can have a family of four go to a PGA event. That's a pretty darn good deal, especially out in California. I'm, I'm a Midwest guy; things are a little cheaper out here, but I know that's a good deal. I know if, if you're if you're staying under a uh, hundred dollars and you can take a family of four anywhere, you're winning. So, uh, yeah, we'd encourage everybody to come out and check it out. If you haven't been out, uh, come see what it's all about. And if you've been out before, come. I think you're going to really see a huge difference this year. Uh, we did a lot to make sure that the that the uh, the attendee experience is, is phenomenal. I think they're going to see a, a a big improvement. Well, what's amazing well, is, I mean, you already announced as the most fan-friendly event, so I can't imagine what you have in store to, to top that. And I just have to tell, you know, for all our golf fans out there who haven't been to a golf event before, you cannot appreciate how a elite pro golfer hits the golf ball unless you're in person watching it. It is a totally different experience. It's a totally different sound from TV. And the great thing about this tournament, obviously, this is a beautiful area, but it's a beautiful course, too. And it's easy to walk, get around. You can get close to the golfers. You can really see up close and personal the highest level of golf. And, you know, for anybody who loves the game, this is a golden opportunity right in our backyard in Northern California. Absolutely. On top of that, if you've never had a burger dog. I would recommend uh, coming out, making sure well, you add that to your list. The, Go the get problem, the problem with and, that, and Jim, Frank's going to eat all of them. Frank's going to have all of them before everybody else can get out there. <laughs> How could we have forgotten the burger dogs? What if the, 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 I think Johnny Miller used to say, you know, the golf course is okay. The burger dogs are worth coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Jim uh, Jim Oberbeck is the Senior Vice President uh, for Marketing for Fortinet. And um, uh, Jim, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us to talk about the Fortinet Championship. Coming to Silverado Resort in Napa, September 11th to 17th is the week. We uh, we wish you uh, incredible success and look forward to seeing you uh, during tournament week. Sounds great. Can't wait. We're excited. Uh, can't get here soon enough. You're listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. You are listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa and uh, a good friend I've been trying to chase down uh, all summer. He's been traveling all over the world, though. Will Robbins uh, from Will Robbins Golf uh, is with us. Uh, welcome to the show, Will. Hey, great to be on it, Frank. You know, um, when when I think about the, the summer you've had, uh, you know, people think that... Uh, the summer is supposed to be time you uh, kind of relax a little bit, but uh, you've been traveling a lot. I've been uh, I've been enjoying some time back in the UK and a little trip to Greece and some golf in Ireland and then some uh, some travel to Florida and off to Colorado this week and then Georgia. So yeah, lots uh, lots on the plate. Good for you. As I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you are are the uh, proprietor of uh, Will Robbins Golf, and as I was looking on your website. One of the things that kind of struck me is that uh, 
is that your number one goal uh, is to uh, kind of instill a love for the game in your students. And I, I thought that uh, I thought that was a, a really interesting going right to the heart uh, of uh, of the matter here. What tell me what what that means? Yeah, I believe that instilling a love of the game is the number one number one focus that we have because if you don't understand the game it's tough to love it and so we're not much to we don't focus on trying to perfect the golf swing we focus on loving playing the game so the the golf swing is a never-ending battle that we're all working towards trying to improve but loving the game is accepting the challenge accepting the difficulties accepting the good and the bad um, and really understanding that that's part of the journey and so the more that we can help our players realize that the more you actually get to love it but the frustration comes when you think you should perfect it you know you wrote an article a while back and uh, we're going to get into that pretty quickly here it's uh hold 11 ways to suck less at golf without changing your golf swing i was just fascinated by that that title and we're going to get into those uh, 11 points in a minute but but uh, let's talk just a little bit more about you and about uh, about the school i i noticed when you when you uh, started teaching in 2008 uh, you said your students wanted to just uh, learn to hit the ball farther. And and what you realized is what they really wanted to do was just to shoot lower scores. And those are two kind of, uh, you know, diametrically opposed goals. And uh, I, I think uh, learning that uh, that shooting a better score is, is kind of a, you know, a, a different approach to the game. Yeah, I think people come with the intention of wanting to shoot a lower score, but they come with their own solution. And so the problem is, is that they believe, which I used to believe as well, that if I hit the ball better, then I'd shoot a lower score. It's just that that is not the equation. The, the equation is, is that if I'm putting better, thinking better, chipping better, playing more patiently, you know, being committed to my golf shots, choosing the right golf shot, not, you know, not taking tons of risk, those are the things that will help me to shoot a lower score. And yes, although hitting the golf ball feels great, you know, hitting it nicely and hitting it far feels great, doesn't actually lead to lower scores. Um, there's a lot more to it. And so, yeah, for us, it's about helping our players to give them what they actually need rather than what they often want. You know, they ask for fix my slice with a driver, but I might be saying to them, well, why would you hit a driver? you know you've got plenty of distance but you slice your driver why don't we put a five hybrid or a three wood in play and so it's really about defining what their goal is and then giving them honestly what they need to get there rather than just standing there on the driving range and fixing their slice because they've asked for it isn't isn't much of this uh certainly uh attributable to to peer pressure as well if you're playing in a foursome and 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 all your all your buddies are are pulling out the driver you you kind of want to hit it even though you can't. Um, what what's the uh, what's the fix for for trying to deal with that portion? Well, so yeah, I think I'm, I mean, it is peer pressure now. I think it's improper teaching, which is really the where it's come from. Unfortunately, this is going to sound weird. In golf, you very rarely can break a leg or break an arm, whereas in skiing, you absolutely can break a leg and an arm. So you don't go, well, I'm a guy. So I haven't skied in five years or 15 years, but I'm going to go to the top of the mountain and do a double black diamond because I'm a guy. And that's just the way <laughs> skiing is. You don't think that way. You go, my goodness, I'm going to get on that little bunny run there with the kids for a little bit and make sure I get down that. And then once I get down that, I'll go down a little green and then maybe I'll get to a blue today, maybe. 
So to me, you know, golf has has never really been given a a pathway to improve. We've we've generally said, look, if you're a man, you tee off here. If you're a woman, you tee off here. And if you're a child, you tee off here. And it's just crazy because you've got a woman who might be shooting 67 and hits it 280 yards and a gentleman who might be 77 and who's hitting it at 144 yards. It doesn't, gender doesn't help this, this, this game. It's about, you know, how much have you played and how far do you hit it and what's your competent level? Um, and so competence. And so to me, yeah, it's, it's really about when, when you're around your guys and they're all pulling out driver. Yes, you could pull out a driver, and risk it or you could go ahead and at the end of the day take their money and have more fun because you decide to put a club in play that you could hit you know and that that might be a five iron for you and that's just the way it is then you need to go and get lessons and work on your skill set so it's not a five iron anymore it needs to be a three hybrid and then once those skill sets are good it needs to be a three wood and down the road it needs to be a driver on some holes but you got to remember the best players in the world take driver out maybe nine times around you know they're not hitting driver on every par four and every par five they're hitting irons off tees they're hitting three woods whereas the average amateur is like i, I need more distance so i should just hit driver and it's like well that could be why you're shooting the scores that you're shooting and if you'd like to learn how to shoot lower scores then you might need to change your strategy we're talking with will robbins from will robbins golf uh at uh Empire Ranch uh, in, in Folsom. We're going to get into this uh, article he wrote, 11 Ways to Suck Less at Golf Without Changing Your Golf Swing. I'm fascinated by that. But, but Will, let's just back up just a little bit and talk about how you got involved in the game. Who put a club in your hand the first time? Um, it was my dad back in when we were living in Florida, back in Boca Raton. Um, and I actually got to go out to the local golf course. I did not know who I was watching until later, but the first pro golfer I ever watched was Jack Nicholas, and I saw him playing a par five in a tournament down there in Boca and started to play golf with my dad, you know, every couple of months. And then at 13, just really fell in love with the game and just started to play it every single day. And then next thing I was in America on a scholarship, you know, I was out here playing college golf at 17, so... That's not a that's not a bad uh, role model. The first time out on the golf course, huh? <laughs> that's pretty 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 cool. I had no idea who I was a little looking until my dad explained it, and then a few years later, I realized who I just got to watch play golf. Give us a little bit about ba- a little bit of background on uh, Will Robbins Golf, and a little bit about your team and 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 what you do on a daily basis. Yeah, so very blessed. Uh, Empire Ranch, uh, you know, Wilson Golf Management has just uh, been a complete total blessing to me back in 2005 after my um, journey uh, through the tsunami on my honeymoon. You know, I was I had just signed a contract to play professional golf um, and I was super excited to go and play. And here I am unable to swing a golf club, uh, having been in hospital for a few months and I've come back to America and the uh, head professional out there at the time was Sean uh, Silver and he offered me a job teaching and uh, I couldn't play, uh, but I felt like I could be around the game of golf. And so I started teaching and next thing you know, I really fell in love with the teaching and coaching aspect. I went back to playing, um, but about 2008 is when I realized that, you know what, I have a lot more fun playing golf with my students and helping them play the game of golf rather than out there playing myself. And that's when I started Will Robbins Golf on April Fool's Day uh, of 2000. <laughs> so, end Perfect. of 2000, when the entire economy fell to pieces, I was like, oh, maybe it was a joke. But it was a lot of fun. You know, I just I just went from teaching people what they were used to, to getting on the golf course in groups and going and just playing golf together like we were on a college golf team. And next thing you know, we 
did that with the junior program was uh, was closing down because they said there was no, you know, there was no demand for it. Um, but I felt like I wasn't going to be at a club that wasn't going to have a junior program. And so I took it over and just the first tee has been an amazing part to that. And obviously Jeff Wilson and his team and David and Rick over at Empire and uh, year over year, we've just uh, grown an amazing team. And we've now even got, <laughs> I've got students of mine who I've taught through junior summer camps who've gone off on college scholarships who are now, coaching for me and becoming PGA members. So it's been an amazing journey to, uh, to be part of and, to, and to be in the, you know, in the community in Folsom and, and having uh, a lot of these young men and women who are now coming back and telling me they're off getting married and off doing their dream jobs and all through the vehicle of golf, they've had this opportunity to, to play it at different levels and, uh, and love the game and, um, it's, you know, really been a huge impact to them and their families. Congratulations. Uh, well done. You know, most of the time I get to see you is, is you know, when I'm emceeing an event where you're getting an award or somebody else on your team is getting an award. So obviously your peers uh, are, are pretty impressed with what you're doing as well. Yeah, I mean, we're having just a great time. We're having a great time. We've got an amazing team of coaches and I think we just... Um, yeah, just share our passion for what we believe in, which is let's go and have fun playing golf and uh, we can all struggle a little bit together, you know, but we can <laughs> we get out on the golf course and learn some skill sets that maybe you can't teach on a driving range, you know, and if you learn learn some of those strategies, it's amazing how you don't have to change much about your golf game. You just kind of look, this is what I've got. Now, how do I go ahead and use it to the best of my abilities to to play better golf? Which brings us back to uh, to the point here, the uh, the article you wrote that uh, I was kind of fascinated, certainly first by the title. And then as I read through it, uh, there's a there's a lot of really good information there. But again, the title is 11 ways to suck less at golf without changing your golf swing. So let's let's start right at the beginning. Uh, the, the first thing you talk about is is standing on the first tee. Yeah, I think. You know, I think what's amazing about golf instruction is, is that it's done on a driving range about 50 yards away from the first tee. And very rarely does a golf professional actually take his student by the hand and walk them across the, the, the pavement or the tarmac and get them on that first tee. And so they have a great lesson or they have a great warm up that morning and feels really good or they hit balls the night before and it felt great. And then, you know, you walk across 50 yards to that first tee and the next thing, you know, two golf balls go into the parking lot and (laughs) the frustration of the day begins. And so, you know, the, the education of understanding that first tee box and understanding that, that everybody on the first tee is nervous, every tour player, every male, female, doesn't matter who you are. Like if you don't have nerves, you're not alive. So how do you deal with them, and what do you do to to take away the to, to take away the blow up hole really? Because that first hole you can ruin a golf tournament in one hole, but you can't win it in one hole. And so for us, it's you know that first tee box is acknowledging the anxiety, and starting to realize what is my favorite club. And if it is driver, and you hit it straight and and maybe not particularly long, then take driver. But for most of us, we've got to address the atten- you know the the tension that we're holding, and just decide. Look, if if I just hit six iron six iron chip onto the green two part i'll make a bogey and get out of here and at least my tension will decrease but most of us take the driver hope that we're going to hit it good after let's just say not playing off for two weeks and having a busy week and having a tight back and a poor warm-up rip driver and hit it out of bounds and then you know now the stress of the game just continues to compound because you're out of position so 
really is addressing that first e-box and, and starting to understand that, you know, how do you best get your way, your round underway uh, rather than expecting that driver should be the play because everybody else has grabbed it. Number two, you say pick the right gear. And and we're not talking about uh, equipment or manufacturers or anything like that, but um, you suggest there are different different gears as in almost as in speeds with a car that 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 you can that you can play at so pick the right one what do you mean by that will yeah so we talk about four gears in the game so most of us are in fourth gear you know trying to drive through a parking lot at 110 miles an hour crashing into other cars and you know shopping trolleys and stuff and we don't understand why we struggle and that's because we don't start our round off like we said with skiing. Let's just get a few basic runs in and then feel a little bit better and then get a, be a little bit braver as you go. So we take driver out, which is fourth gear, and we just rip driver and we just hope for the best. We hope it doesn't slice. Now, it slices every other time that we hit it, but hopefully this time it doesn't. <laughs> but for us, is you know fourth gear is the driver. So third gear would be, say, your three-word, your five-word second gear might be your hybrid or a long iron and first gear for some people it might be a seven iron so to us it's like why wouldn't you just start in first gear and make some confident swings and keep the ball in play and have a couple bogeys and kind of get the round going and and then as the round moves on you know you could start to move into second and third and fourth gear and yes a tour player is able to almost go into fourth gear almost right away but they play every single day you know, they have a physical therapist before they to warm up and then they hit golf balls and then they, you know, they've they've done everything to get to what would be our 13th hole on the first hole. Whereas for most of us, our first hole is we've hit very, very quickly 10 golf balls on the range, ran to the first tee, and we basically just got off a phone call, business phone call on the way to the golf course. So it's not like we we're actually warmed up. So for us is figure out the gears of your game and then ramp them up and then towards the end of the game let's just say you realize oh wow if i finish par bogey i'm going to shoot a 79 or an 89 which is a great score for you maybe crank it back put the driver away and go and get the five hybrid out and just position yourself down the ferry you, you got to learn how to you know push and back off push and back off it's not always just pedal to the metal just go as hard as you can that's where the big numbers come in it's not always uh, as far as you can hit it but being in a position to hit that second shot Absolutely. Yeah. Just put yourself in play at all costs. I mean, like, even if that's like, I'll see somebody hit a, hit a shot and they'll top it and it'll go along the ground and it'll go 60 yards. And I'm like, great miss. And they're like, that was a terrible shot. I said, no, I didn't say it was a good shot. I said it was a good miss because what you could have done is hit a beautiful high draw, 260 yard draw that goes out of bounds. And your next shot is a penalty. And the next shot is 60 yards behind your current shot. So <laughs> yeah, it's not a beautiful shot, but you're 60 yards down the fairway on green grass. Whereas if you lost the ball, you'd be behind yourself in two more shots. And so that to me is like learning that, you know, it's just the fact it's not, it's not, it's like losing in the stock market. Oh, it's horrible. I lost 17%. Yeah. But you didn't sell. So you haven't lost it. It went down in price, but you didn't sell yet. And if you sold, yes, you lost all that money. So, so it's the realism of like your work, the realism of saving the realism of diet. It's, it's all just what's really happening versus what you think happened. And the more we can help our students understand that, the more they enjoy it. Which brings us to number three, and it it uh, just uh, tiptoes right into it. Don't worry, be happy. Yeah, I mean, I you know, a high a high school player actually talked to me about this. A kid kind of game, and it was great. You know, he I said, look, you know, you got you got to stop worrying so much. You know, stop trying so hard. And 
I think his thing was really this idea of like, look, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying don't care. You know, it's this idea of you are going to care because you love golf and you want to play good golf and you want to shoot a good score, but it's this thing that worry doesn't actually help you, you know? So it's this idea of, yes, I have an intention to play well today and I'd like to play well today, but worrying about it isn't going to help me. So I think that that's one of the things that what we've got to do is to sort of just take away, take away the anxiety for people and really say to people, look, you're probably not going to hit it well today. You're probably not going to make a lot of putts. You're probably going to have some bad bounces. So don't worry about that. That's just, that's part of the game. Now can you just go and play with inside those parameters? So when you do miss a putt or have a bad bounce or get a bad line of bunker, you're like, yep, that's just part of the game keep going because it's that worry that keeps building and building and some of you may have had your best rounds ever and it was miserable because the whole way around you're holding on for dear life like don't lose a ball don't mess up and you finish and it's like you shot your best score ever but you're like god that was horribly stressful that was not enjoyable and i'm like well yeah that's i prefer you shot five strokes higher than and enjoyed the day or five shots lower and enjoyed the day you know than than been so tense so it's that idea of yes we should care because we want to shoot a good score and that's why we practice and that's why I invest time and money and effort into it but worrying truly has absolutely zero help towards playing better golf we're talking with will robbins from will robbins golf 11 ways to suck less at golf without changing your golf swing and you know what? We're going to uh, run out of time here. So we're going to bring Will back next week to talk about the other eight ways. So uh, you got you to stay with golf to go And uh, Will, thanks so much for being with us today. We'll have you back next week. We'll talk about the other eight ways to suck less at golf without changing your golf swing. I'm looking forward to it. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back in. This is the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa, Scott Marsh alongside, and we'd like to welcome Brandon Bowling, PGA Director of Golf at Plumas Pines Golf Course. Brandon is an old friend, and uh, Brandon's got some news. Brandon, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, I, you know I, I'm sorry that uh, we're getting sort of to the end of the season. I, I keep telling myself I got to get you on at the beginning of the season. So right now I'm going to make a promise that we'll have you on at the beginning of the season next year. Ah, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, we just we enjoy being on anytime, and still a lot of the, a lot of season left for us in terms of great weather. I think September, in my opinion, is the best time to play in the Gregle area because it's the the temps are perfect. The the, the fall foliage, you know, starts and it just gets beautiful here. So I, I, you know, September and October, my two favorite months to play here. You know, Brandon, when we, before we got on the air here, we were talking a little bit about uh, you playing there as a, as a 13 year old with your dad and uh, you know, coming over from Loyalton and saying, gee, dad, wouldn't it be kind of cool to be the head golf professional here? <laughs> and 33 years later, you've been there. Well, you've been there 33 years. That, that That's a remarkable story to, to be homegrown basically and and to to have worked at that golf course all all those many years yeah i feel very fortunate uh, and that's so true i mean my dad remembers it you know he just turned 80 and uh still lives in loyalton and he remembers that day i mean it was a special day as they all are on the golf course when you're walking with your dad i mean it's the best thing ever but um yeah special day i do, never forget it i've told that story many times and just you know it's just such a beautiful place walking along the river there on four and the, you know, tight par five. And we were just walking along. And I said, man, it would just be the coolest thing to be a golf <laughs> professional here. And yeah. And now we, now I am. So um, yeah, I feel very lucky. Absolutely. I've spoken many times about uh, visiting the gray Eagle area and how I've, I've found that the clocks almost seem to go backward there. 
I mean, time really kind of slows down when you get up there into that uh, little small town and a and a small community and a beautiful golf course. How would you describe the Gray Eagle area and and you know the and the golf that it has to offer? Yeah, no, you're so right. We we talk to all of our guests, and I think the biggest thing that you can do in the Gray Eagle area in general, whether it's golf or not, is um, you can just unplug, uh, relax. It's there's no traffic. There's no you know we have. We have a couple stop signs, you know, there's no stoplights. There's no, I mean, it's literally, you're, you're right. It is kind of timeless in the sense that you're getting away from the stresses of life and up in the mountains and the trees and, you know, and the rivers and all the beautiful lakes that we have here. Um, and not to mention five incredible golf courses. So we're so lucky. The town is only 700 folks, the Gregel, uh, a town of Gregel, and we have five incredible golf courses in our area. So people come to relax, get away and, uh, and play some great golf and enjoy the outdoors, uh, wonderful restaurants, you know, so it's, but, but I think the biggest thing really is people tell me is, you know, you don't have to fight for a parking spot. You, there's, you, know, <laughs> you, you know, if, if it's a two mile drive, it takes you two minutes, you know, kind of deal. So that's, that's probably the biggest thing. Absolutely. You know, Scott uh, has not played, uh, Plumas Pines yet. Uh, tell him what he's going to, what he's going to expect. If he's standing on the first tee and he's going to play 18 holes there. Oh yeah, Scott, and you're invited. Just this is a formal Excellent. invite anytime. <laughs> Bring Can't Frank, wait to get right? up there. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think the you know the first tee is elevated here. It's a par five. It's awesome. But really, you're going to stand there. I think you'll look out at the golf courses in pristine condition. We're so lucky. We have an incredible superintendent in Jason Clemisrud, who happens to be my brother-in-law as well. Um, so first thing you'll notice is it's lush and green. I mean, we're so lucky up here. Um, we have our own water source. So. Um, it's lush green and beautiful, uh, and, uh, it's always in great shape. So, you, you know, you stand on the tee and you're seeing, you know, perfectly striped fairways and you know that your approach shots are going to be into a green that is, uh, that's rolling perfectly. It holds golf balls. So you can hit shots in, it's like throwing darts. Um, and then you get to look out at the feather river, the middle fork of the feather river that runs along the golf course. Um, and you know, deer running around and birds flying every once in a while, you might see a you might see a coyote and, uh, you know, saying hello to you. And uh, we even had an antelope run by the other day. So it's uh, it's wildlife uh, and, uh, you know, beautiful mother nature, big, big mountain background with uh, pine and fir trees. Um, and uh, and like say, and, and, and the piece you can you can just stop doing anything and just listen. And all you'll hear is water running and birds chirping. And, you know, there's no sound of honking cars and vehicles driving by and we don't have any of that it's just true mother nature um and it's beautiful yeah brandon you're a pga professional i didn't realize you were a poet as well that was a pretty good description <laughs> there <laughs> oh man i'm in trouble if i try to do that for a living you're pretty excited uh, uh scott actually told me i wasn't aware of the fact that uh you you've got some new owners uh in there and uh, they've jumped in with both feet and you're really excited that uh with the new team and and tell us what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. 14th of July, um, new owners, the Dahl family, um, uh, uh, Jerry and uh, Debbie and uh, Charles and Jennifer, and they are just incredible folks. They're so excited, very personable, very outgoing. They've been here on property a lot, shaking hands and meeting folks. Very, um, it's, it's been a kind of really fresh, uh, fun new thing for all of our staff, all of our guests. And man, they've been rocking and rolling. So it's, it's been go time. They they arrived. First thing they want to do, they painted the building. Next thing is we're uh, fixing up the pond on 10, trimming, trimming willows on two and four. So you can see the river while you're playing. They opened up longboards um, a little over two weeks ago, uh, which was 
fast and everybody's so excited about that especially you know we all have memories of dining up at longboards and sitting on the deck and looking out over the front nine of the golf course and the beautiful view and great food and and beautiful bar uh area that we have if you haven't been up there it's one of the biggest bars in the area so it's a it's a great place so all of our members are loving it all of our guests are loving it um and seeing all the new things and there's a lot of new things coming uh as well more things uh, on the gamut moving forward. Um, so it, it's been exciting for everybody and, and will continue to be um, just because of uh, all the new items on the list. Um, so uh, a lot of fun. It's been great. Really enjoyed meeting and getting to know them and uh, very nice folks. And, you, and, you know, the new guests that come in town if last weekend, for example, that they were all uh, helping out in the restaurant, uh, busing and, <laughs> and uh, waiting tables and bartending. And, you know, they're, they're a part of it. So it, it was a lot of fun for all of our guests. Scott, be careful. You go out for golf, you may end up uh, bartending or, or you know cleaning tables or something. <laughs> I can see them trying to do that. Yes, my friend Christian, who's part of the family, was was a member up there, Brandon, helping out. So I just told everybody that uh, you don't have to tip him at all whatsoever. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. Um, but uh, my buddy Christian did tell me, he says he's played the course once now. And he just said one thing. He said, bring a lot of golf balls. He's a good golfer and he lost seven golf balls, he said. So you got to let me know where, where's the where's the uh, where's the trouble out there on the course? Yeah, no, that is true. And, and folks that have played know it is a little narrow. It's not overly long, which is nice. So it, it accommodates all abilities, um, and, and, you know, and all ages and, and abilities. Um, so but but it is narrow. And so I tell folks, once you've played it, the first time's a little, you know, you're kind of learning. But but the general rule of thumb, I think for me out here, the par fives, you know, you can hit driver. Um, the par threes are great. They're right in front of you, but it's the par fours out here that are important. The landing areas between the 150 and the hundred. So if you kind of calculate, you know, run the math from the T to the, to the 150 and the, and the hundred, then it makes it real easy to determine what club to hit off the T. And that's really important out here. So if you can hit it, hit it straight off the T golf out here is much easier. If, if it's crooked off the T, eh, it's a little, little tougher. <laughs> that's fair now christian also did tell me that the family believes you're the nicest head pro they've ever met so you're you're already in good graces with them and they they wonder if you actually get a chance to ever play golf because they said they've never actually seen you pick up a club at this point yet oh well I, well that's I, that first of all it's very nice i appreciate the, the i feel the same about them they are that they are just nice folks everybody knows that and loves them for that um but i love what i do so i'm lucky i get to do what i love every day so you know I, it makes makes it easy for me um but yeah no unfortunately I, you know i played a lot of golf uh used to play every day uh competitively and and i do miss that um you know i have kiddos i have three kiddos and and uh, they're all doing you know school and sports and and a great wonderful wife that's a full-time teacher so we're busy um so golf is you know down on my list right now in terms of priority uh family first uh you know, my job and, and, uh, kind of, you know, and so on from there. So I played 18 holes this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, in, and in a row, which is unusual, usually I get three or four in, but I actually played 18 holes in a row. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I sneak it in when I can, but it's not too often, unfortunately. <laughs> and well, you made is... a great first impression. I can tell you that on, on <laughs> the sad oh. part is your 18 holes may be more than, than most people in the golf world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's true. You know, none of us play a whole lot, uh, unfortunately, uh, but uh, but we love it. You know, I think it makes us enjoy it more. I think when I was playing all the time um, competitively, you know, it's a little serious. And then and now I when I go, I just love being out there. I just you know, I can look at 
the beauty uh, as opposed to the competition and the grind. Um, so I think I appreciate it more. Brandon, do you have, give us a, a, a cue how to how to get a hold of you and uh, make tea times. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Give us a call anytime. Our number here, 530-836-1420. Um, of course, shops open seven days a week. Uh, and then uh, even in the winter, I'm here Monday through Friday in the winter months to book in tea times. And uh, so love to hear from you. Or our website, which is plumaspinesgolf.com. Um, has our phone number. You can book tea times right online. Um, and uh, yeah, love to hear from you. We've got some great specials and packages uh, that, are, that are out there and on, on our site. And like I say, course is awesome. This is the best time to play. September, October is beautiful. So give us give us a holler or jump online. Love and to, Brandon, love I to know that out. they've they've put up all the holes on the YouTube so people can look at the flyover, which is cool too of the course. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my son did that actually. Um, he's he's be, you know enjoying the drone. So yeah, you can you can check him out. Uh, nice. Definitely prep ahead of time so you'll know. Nice. <laughs> I'm thinking if the new owners uh, think highly of you that uh, I think highly of them because Brandon, you've always been one of my favorite people in, in the world of golf. Brandon Bowling, PGA Director of Golf at Plumas Pines Golf Course. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us on the Golf to Go Radio Hour. Uh, Frank and Scott, thank you guys. Love you guys. Frank, you're the man. Thank you. Thanks so much to our guests, uh, Jim Overbeck, uh, Will Robbins, and Brandon Bowling, PGA Director of Golf at Plumas Pines. This is another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. Thanks for being with us.